don't know if you have seen, some of us maybe you have or haven't, have you seen the ads on Facebook or on YouTube or wherever about masterclass? Am I the only one that's seen these? And the masterclass ads are ones where they get this expert to teach you how to do stuff. For example, they say you can learn cooking from Gordon Ramsay or you can learn ball handling from Steph Curry or Mike Krzyzewski, the wonderful coach at Duke University. He has a class on leadership. Anything that you could imagine, there is a what they call a master class on it. I've not purchased them, but I'm sure they are wonderful. Nehemiah chapter 4 is a master class. Nehemiah chapter 4 is a master class on how do we deal with opposition. How do we deal when we're trying to move in a direction and we have these other forces, these people, the family, the outside critics pushing against us as we try to do what God is calling us to do? Nehemiah chapter 4 is the class on how to deal with that. And so if you find yourself at any point in your life, maybe today or sometime in the future, asking why is it that as I try to make some progress, I have all of these hindrances and hurdles and problems in my way. Nehemiah chapter four is going to give us some reasons why that happens, how it happens, and more importantly for our purposes this morning, what can we do about it? How can we deal with it? And so this is predicated on the idea though, what we've talked about in weeks one and two, that what you're doing and the direction that you're moving is where God has called you to move. And so this is not how to deal with opposition when I'm going in the wrong direction and I didn't ask God for his wisdom and his insight and his favor. I just went out on my own and did something and now I'm paying the consequences. That's not what this is about. It's not the consequences of I knew what was right and I did what was wrong because I just didn't care and now I'm suffering the consequences of that. That's not it. This is when I am doing exactly what God called me to do, as I'm moving in the direction that God calls me to move in, and I face opposition because of that. Because I'm going where God is going and where God wants me to go, why is it we face opposition? Nehemiah chapter 4 gives us why that happens, and more importantly, again, what we can do when it happens. First is, let's understand a little bit about Opposition, And here's the first thing, if you happen to take notes, or it's on that todayssermon.com. Opposition only comes when the status quo is threatened. Opposition only comes when the status quo is threatened. In other words, if you're not doing anything important, if you're not doing anything that's going to make a difference, if you're not doing anything that's uh, helping and move you to where God wants you to go, then you won't have any opposition. But it's when you threaten that status quo. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. Why did Nehemiah come against all this opposition? It's because he saw a brokenness and he moved in God's direction. He saw a problem. He heard God's voice for him to say, go fix that problem. The status quo got interrupted. There was some things that got stirred up when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding. Like If we just talked about the problem... If we just said, yeah, that is a problem, somebody ought to do something about that, Sanballat wouldn't have any problems at all. But it's in the, I did something about the problem. I made some progress. He became angry and was greatly incensed. Why? Status quo. If in your life, if you're facing opposition, it's probably because you're trying to make some progress. You're moving in the wrong direction. You're moving in the right direction. A warning for us, though, is if you don't ever face opposition, 
if you don't ever face challenges, it's possible, and you should consider it, that maybe you're not actually doing what God is calling you to do. Because the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's his job. And so if I'm not making any progress where God wants me to move, then the devil doesn't have to mess with me. And he's like, no, don't worry about them. They're not doing anything. But it's when I start to live out what God's called me to go, then it's when he starts to throw the roadblock. Opposition, we're running through them really fast. Opposition comes when the status quo is interrupted. And opposition, and when you find yourself in it, it minimizes the progress that has been made. And so you're trying to do something better for your family, you're trying to get healthier, you're trying to start a job, you're, whatever it is that you're trying to do and you're, God's calling it and you're moving into it. Well, what critics will do, anybody know a critic? Anybody ever met a critic? Anybody ever met somebody that's never had a good day? Anybody ever met somebody that they just woke up and they just couldn't help themselves but poke holes in everybody else's life? Some of you used to be married to somebody like that. Am I right? Some of you have had some coworkers that are like that. We, we, there's, they just have a critical. And here's what opposers do. Opposition, it looks at what is and minimizes it. Oh, well, you're not really making that much progress. Oh, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, that's just anybody could have done that. They minimize what is. Here's it is in verse number uh, uh, verse number two. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he, that's Sanballat, the guy that got stirred up, what are these feeble Jews doing? I mean, are they going to restore their wall where they offer sacrifices? I mean, what you're doing is actually, it's just garbage. I mean, people could do better. Somebody else that's more skilled that could be doing that. Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from these heaps of rubble as burned and they, as they are? Instead of, here's what you're going to face as you face opposition, as you move progress. Instead of what's seeing what's right, people are going to point out what's wrong. Instead of being rejoicing with you as the progress you've made, they're going to poke holes in the things that are yet undone. You're just going to have to deal with it because again, some people have never had a good day. Some people cannot help themselves but to criticize. Some people cannot help themselves but to look at the dark side of the moon. You know, hey, I won the lottery. Think of all the taxes you're gonna have to pay on that. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Just can you just give me a smile, give me a thumbs up. That's what opposition does. That's what critics do. Opposition, thirdly, it also, a lot of times, most of the time, it has an element of truth in it. And so they're not lying. It's not that, that they're just completely making something up. A lot of times it has just that little shred of believability and truth in it. Verse number three, Tobiah the Amorite, he was another one of the opposers who was on his side and said, what are they building? I mean, even a fox climb, which is a, this is a great line, by the way. Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their walls of stone. In other words, it's not very well built. It's not done all the way. It's still not secured. And Tobiah was right. I mean, it wasn't done. At this point, it was still, had some holes in it. It was, it was still feeble. And so there was, I mean, there's an, there's an element of truth. And so here's what you deal with when you deal with critics and when you have opposition and when somebody brings something to you. Here's, here's the question you ask. What is the goal and what is the motive behind you saying this? Now, some people who love you and some people who want God's best for you will bring you truth that you might not want to hear, but the motive behind it is they want to help. 
the motive behind it is they want to help you move forward. Proverbs said that, that kisses from an enemy, well, that's, that's a real problem when the enemy says, hey, things are great, but wounds from a friend, in other words, when you have somebody that loves you, that is willing to tell you the truth, well, those can be trusted. And so the question that you ask when people are kind of starting to chirp because you're making some progress is you ask the question, are they bringing this to help or are they bringing it for shame? Are they weaponizing the truth to pull me down or are they using the truth to help me heal or to help me move forward? You got, what's the motive behind it? There's an element of truth, but what's the motive behind it? Opposition loves, loves company. Opposition and critics are not content to just be themselves. They don't wanna be a solo critic. They wanna get people on their side. Anybody ever got some people that wanted to get other people on their side against you? And they started to whisper around the water tank at work, well, did you see this? And I can't believe they're trying that. And I heard they were gonna start this. And I see, they just love, 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 love company. And so Sanballat and Tobiah, they weren't content in just being those two being opposers and, and being critics. They thought, let's get some other people on our side. If we can get some more people on their, our side, maybe a little discourage them. Verse number seven, when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Amorites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, well, then they were all very angry. So again, you gotta learn how to study the Bible, kind of figure out what, what's happening. Well, it started with Sanballat and it started with Tobiah. They were the opposers, but then they thought, Let's not do this alone, let's get some. So, well, let's bring in the Arabs and let's bring in the Ammonites. Let's bring in the people of Asha because we just love company. You've heard the phrase, birds of a feather, what do they do? They, well, they, they flock together. And so critical people love to be around critical people. Discouraging people love to be around discouraging people. And that's why you've gotta be so careful what type of groups am I hanging around in? Because people will pull you down. People will poke holes in your stories and they'll say things like this. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, a lot of people, I've been hearing from a lot of people and if you were to dig into the lot of people, here's what you, well, who is the a lot of people? Well, it's like me and like my ex-sister-in-law's cousin's friend. That's who the, the lot of, but just birds of uh, a feather. And here's the goal is to create confusion, get you discouraged, to create disunity. That's how, that's how, this is, you've gotta be on the alert. If God calls you to move in a direction and if you obey, you can just plan on it, just book it. You're gonna face some opposition. It probably means you're on the right track, but you gotta be careful because opposition can move from external to internal if, if you're not careful is that opposition, it starts with all of these people on the outside chirping, 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 chirping. But if you're not careful, you can start to echo what they've said in your own life. You know what, I'm not very smart. You know what, I, I'm probably not the right person. You know, I, there is somebody better than me. Yeah, this isn't working as well as I thought. It's, it starts, my own voice starts to be critical. Verse number 10, meanwhile, the people in Judah, it was Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and Sanballat, it was all these outside voices, but they just heard it enough to the people on the inside, that's the people of Judah. Well, they said, man, they're kind of right. And the strength of the laborers is giving out. And, there is so much rubble that we, we can't do this. 
external to internal. You've got to do a check. I, this is hard for me. You've got to do a check on how do you talk to you. When you have that inner dialogue going in your mind, how does that sound? Here's a question to ask. If you had a friend that talked to you the way that you talked to you, how long would you be friends with them? If you had a friend that talked to you the way that you let your brain and your life talk to you, would it be pretty quick that you say, I don't want to be your friend. I mean, you're always negative. You're always pulling me down. Well, our brains are that way. And it moves from external to, to internal. Here's some bad news. Opposition can intensify before it stops. I don't have a lot of good news for you this morning, P.S. The, the, the good news is not if you'll just endure for a little while, it's all going to go away and it's all going to be great and there's not any problems. No, it's not always the case. In Nehemiah's story, in your story, perhaps, it actually gets worse before it gets better. So at the beginning of Nehemiah chapter 4, they were just chirping. And chapter 2, they were just, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, and what, are you going against the king? And it was all just words. But then they ramp it up in verse number 11, and they say, as our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we're going to be right there among them. We're, we're done talking, and we're going to kill them. Like, we can't, we can't put an end to the work with our words, and so we'll just go and we'll just kill them. They, they take it up, and, and then that's going to be the end of it. And so that's a little bit discouraging. I mean, if we just stopped our service there, everybody would leave and think, what a bummer. Maybe I, just, maybe I ought to just kind of go hide in a hole and not do anything and not make any progress because I don't, I got, I don't have enough time to deal with the critics and the, the opposers. But thankfully, Nehemiah chapter 4 doesn't stop there. It's a master class on what opposition is, but it's an also an, a master class on how do you respond to it. You got some critics in your life? Have you got some people that are trying to cut your legs out from underneath you? Have you got some people that just will not leave well enough alone? Nehemiah shows us, what do we, what do, we do that? Now this is, I'll just be honest with you, this is harder to do than what it seems on his face. This is going to be, this is the Christian's response to opposition, discouragement, and criticism. Now, the Nehemiah strategy flies in the face of what you emotionally want to do. It's not emotionally satisfying in many ways, but it's the Christian response. And so how do I deal with the opposition that is intensifying and there's more people that's gathered and they're poking holes in it and they're seeing all the things that are wrong instead of being happy with what's right and it seems like everybody and their brother is against me what do we do here's a few things number one again very difficult take it quickly to god take it quickly to god don't wait for sunday don't wait for a week don't wait until you other options are worn out i take it i've got the criticism i'm starting to feel discouraged People are opposing me, but I know this is what God is calling me to do. Take it quickly to God. Opposition, prayer. That's just the immediate response. Opposition, prayer. Here's what Nehemiah, verse number four says. Sanballat, Tobiah, they were chirping away. What did Nehemiah do? Here is so God for word despised. Just immediate. And we see that over and over again in Nehemiah. Nehemiah has a challenge. He goes to prayer. Nehemiah faces an obstacle, he goes to prayer. In your life, what is your first response to opposition? 
when all hell breaks loose in your life, where do you go? Do you get angry? Do you start to pray? Do you try to fix it on your own? Do you go to God? Do you try to get even against the people that aren't treating you right and aren't being fair to you? Or do you go to your knees and say, here, oh God, my cry. That's the first start. When I'm opposed, take it quickly to God. And then, this is really hard, especially dependent on your personality, leave the consequences to God. I take it quickly to God, but then I also, God, this is yours to fight. A couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, I can't remember, I put up the thing on, on Facebook that says, not every battle that you face is your battle to fight. Some battles that you face, you just leave those in the hands of God and say, God, I could get back and I could get even and I could play tit for tat, but I'm coming quickly to you and ultimately I'm gonna leave this in your hands. Verses number four and five. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. You take care of this. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Don't cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Do not take, oh, go, sorry, go back one, one slide for me. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. God, this is, this is terrible. This isn't fair. This isn't right. But I'm gonna leave in your hands. You know what I love about those verses is that it's an invitation for you to be honest with God. This, wasn't, this is not a cute little prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. God, would you just bless those people that are working me over in God? No, it's just like, God, would you put the fleas of a thousand camels right in their armpits? I'm talking about just like, just being honest. Just saying, God, this is the worst. And I want you to get even. I want to get even. I want to, I want to introduce them to some justice. I want to introduce them to how wrong they are. And I want to blow up. And I want to get big. And I want to get in their face. That's I'm, I'm just honest before God. You don't have to be cute before God. You don't have to be so slick. You can just do exactly what Nehemiah did. Hey, God, would you take care of this for me? God, I mean, just wipe them off the face of the earth. But this is you to deal with, not me. This is what I want to do to them. This is what I want you to do to them. But I'm going to leave it in your hands. That well, I'm going to trust that the judge of the earth, he is going to do what's right. The Apostle Paul echoed this. Do not take revenge. Well, that's kind of, I had it all planned out. Like I had gotten some people on my side. And I had been kind of poking some holes in them. And I was ready to go, I mean, toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. Let's rumble. No, that's not what Christians do. It's just not what Christians do. Don't take revenge, my dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath. Don't worry about your own wrath. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mind revenge. God, hey, God's not ignorant of what's going on. God knows that it's not fair. God knows that that shouldn't have happened to you, but it's not yours to deal with. Exodus 14, 14 says that I will fight all of your battles for you. You just remain at rest. And that's hard because we've got so many tools at our disposal that we can cut them down and I can send out an email or I can post kind of this little cryptic message on Facebook or I can text my friends and I can get in my group. Well, don't, 
It feels satisfying, but it's just not the Christian way. I, I'll repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if you're, this is the worst verse in the Bible. I hate this verse. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. I don't want to feed him. Well, if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. I don't want to do that. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Boy, that's hard. A couple weeks ago, I had a little incident that I felt was unjust. I felt was just treated the wrong way in the wrong time and just I just felt like and so I I mean and I had at my disposal the ability to get even I mean I could have done it and I would have taken a tremendous amount of joy in it I mean I'm just telling you the truth as your pastor I've still got some sin nature in my life that I've got to work through it would have been so easy for me to get even and then God in his mercy brought me to this verse right here do not repay evil but instead, man, do good. And I, I wanted so badly, and again, let me just, just confession's good for the soul. I've heard a rumor. And, and that, here's what I wanted to do. I said, well, that can't be God talking to me. I mean, there's no way that, that, that's the devil for sure. That's the devil telling me not to do this. And so then I just decided, okay, I'll do what you want me to do. But again, go back to that one slide previous for me. Do you know what I prayed the whole time? God just heap burning coals on their head. Burning coals, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds painful, but just burning coals. If it's in the Bible, I'm just gonna pray it. And let me just tell you, again, I wish I could come up to you and say I did the right thing and it felt so good. It felt awful. I didn't feel better at all. You know, they say it's better to give than to receive. I, I gave them grace and it felt awful, it felt terrible. I don't live based on feelings as a Christian. I based on this is what God's truth tells me to do. This is God's conviction. And when God's conviction goes against what I feel, Christians respond with I'm gonna go God's way even if it's not emotionally satisfying. Even if it doesn't feel right and it might not ever feel right. Do not repay evil with evil but instead repay it with good don't be overcome by it and you might not feel any better but it's just what christians do here's the other thing that you can you can do so we we take it quickly to god we leave the consequences to god and what did nehemiah then do he just got moving in the right direction he's not going to be paralyzed by criticism he's not going to be paralyzed by people that are poking holes I'm just going to get moving in the direction that I know God has called me to move. And so, in spite of all this, we rebuilt the wall. We just got to work. We rebuilt it till it reached half its height where the people worked with, with all their heart. Listen, I might not be able to do everything, but I can do something. I might not be able to finish, but I can take a step forward. Yes, I'm weak, but I'm just going to keep moving one foot in front of the other, and you can be critical if you want, and you can oppose me if you want, but as weak as I am and as unskilled as I am, I'm just going to keep doing what God has called me to do, and if you just keep chirping, that's up to you, but I'm just going to move in the right direction. We've got to keep moving. Be prayerful and practical. Be prayerful. Take it to God quickly. Also be practical. A lot of times we choose one or the other. We choose, some of us are, we love prayer. And so when we 
are opposed or when we face criticism, we just pray, 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 and it's so wonderful, but we don't do anything with it. We don't make any progress. We don't take that next step that God is calling us to step into. Some of the others on the other side of the coin were just so practical, and we're just doers, and I'm just gonna figure it out on my own, and I'm gonna fill all the holes, and this isn't working, and so I'm gonna work harder, and I'm gonna stay up later, and I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna solve all the problems. Nehemiah did both and. I'm prayerful and I'm practical, but we prayed, I'm prayerful, I'm taking it to God, and, well, if these guys are gonna come in the walls, we better post up some guards. We better take a step. I'm not stupid, so I'm praying, God, would you protect us? Also, some guys with some swords are gonna start to camp outside the walls so that if they come, we're ready to fight. We're ready to go to battle. Posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Again, our temptation, depending on your personality, one or the other. Nehemiah, I'm prayerful, and the wisdom that I receive in prayer says, get some people and be ready in case the threat comes from this. Here's the next one. Look for the root. Look for root. If you've got some people that are critical of you, you're making some progress, and you're moving in the right direction because this is what God's called you to do, and you've got those chirpers, You've got those negative Nancys and you've got those guys that just have never had a great day. What's the root of it? What's the root of it? Nehemiah chapter four, verse 12. Then the Jews who lived near them, they were getting discouraged and they were having some problems and they told us 10 times over, man, wherever you turn, they're gonna attack us. And it'd be easy to see, well, you're just trying, you're just fitting in with them and you're being critical and you're trying to drag me down and you're trying to stop this from happening and we can start to push those people away. But listen, if you can pause for a moment, you know what the root of this line is? The root of these, this line from people is fear. And in your life, as you are moving forward and if you face criticism or opposition, it actually, the the fruit of it, what you see on the outside might be opposition and discouragement and criticism, but what's actually going on under the scenes is they're just afraid or they've got some insecurities in and of themselves and they've got some other angst that they're dealing with and if you can bypass, here's what I see and man, see, I think that actually maybe there's something deeper going on. Maybe I haven't explained it well enough or, Maybe there's something I'm trying to get them to move towards and it's causing some angst in them or maybe they have some insecurities or maybe they just need some extra help. Don't just automatically assume everybody's against you, in other words. Don't just assume that everybody's out to get you. It could be maybe they're afraid. Maybe they've got some life story that you don't know about and they just need a little help along the way. Not everybody can go as fast as you go. Not everybody responds to change the way that you respond to change. And because you're so excited about where God is calling you to go, when anybody comes up with questions or que uh, concerns, all these things, the, it's, it's easy to assume, well, they're just against me. Well, get on board or get out of the way. We'll just run you over. Well, just, I mean, take a, take a breath. Sometimes, yes. But are the, could they be a little afraid or could there be something a little bit deeper going on? Just investigate. What's the root of what I'm receiving? Two more, and then we're gonna do a baby dedication. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God's faithfulness. Has God been good earlier in your life? Has God ever left you? Has God ever done 
you wrong? Has ever God left you to deal with life on your own? And the answer is no. He's been faithful and he's been kind and he has been gracious and he has been generous. And the generosity and mercy of God in the past helps me to move forward into what he has for me in the future. Verse number 14, after I looked things over, I stood up to the nobles, all the criticism. Man, we're gonna come and kill you. We're tired and it's never gonna work out. So Nehemiah just rallied the troops. After I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. And I'll tell you why you don't have to be afraid of them because I've got such a great strategy and I've got such a great plan that it's, no, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Have you remembered the Lord? In your opposition and your challenge and your struggle and your criticism, are you remembering the Lord? Well, he's great. And he's awesome. I just remember his faithfulness. I look up and I look back. God, you, you've never left me on my own. That if you have called me to this, if this is what you've called me to do, then you've promised you're never gonna leave me, you're never gonna forsake me, that you are faithful when I am faithless, that your promises for me are yes and they are amen. You have never once said, hey, I'll meet you on the other side. You have walked step by step with me and if you've done it then, there's no reason I shouldn't believe that you're gonna do it now. If you've been kind and gracious yesterday, there's no reason I shouldn't expect that you'll do it Again, in the future, I remember God's faithfulness, and then last one, we're gonna be done for the day. Remember your why. why. Why did you start this in the first place? What was the point? Was this just an idea that you came up with, or was this God's leading? Was this something that God said, he just put something in your heart? We talked about it in week number one. God, give me your burden. God, put what you have in, my, in, in your mind, in my heart, Whose idea was this? And if it was God's idea, it will always involve somebody other than just yourself. It will be for the betterment of other people, just for yourself. You remember your why. That same verse that we just looked at. Remember, oh, go, yep, go ahead. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight. Not just fight for you. Fight for your families. Are, are, you, are you fighting for something in your family? It's bigger than just you. Fight for your sons and your daughters, your wives and your, your homes. This is bigger than just the moment right now. Don't, don't get so caught up in the criticism and the opposition and the discouragement that you forget there's something bigger than me at stake. If this is really God's call on my life, if this is really where God wants me to be leading, then me accomplishing this and me getting to the finish line of where God wants me to get to, it empowers other people than just me. It impacts more than just me. And so that means that if I give up, and other people are impacted by that as well. If I give in to criticism, other people are impacted by that as well. If I give in to discouragement, other people are impacted as well. Man, I, if you're leading something, if you're doing something, if you're moving in a direction, it's important. Don't give up. If you're, listen, and it doesn't mean that this, it's this world-changing thing. Maybe you're just trying to lead your family. Maybe you're just trying to get your family to a place that's healthier and that's, that's more loving and more whatever it looks like for you. Man, that is a God-given dream dream. Don't give up on that. 
Maybe for some of you, it is a, a bigger thing. Like, man, I think God's called me to start a business or I think God has called me to start to work with some at-risk kids or I think God's called me to get with some kids who don't have a dad and work with them and show them some role. I don't know what it is in your life that God's called you to do, but I know that it involves more than just you. I know that it's important and I know that if you give up, other people will be worse off. So remember your why. Let me run them through you again just one more time so that you don't, don't forget. We take it quickly to God. We leave the consequences to God. I get moving in the right direction. Be prayerful. Be practical. Look for the root. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. And then remember your why. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this master class. Lord, I'm praying for those that are in the middle middle of criticism right now. They feel like they are being opposed at every turn. Lord, I am praying that your strength would uphold them. Lord, I am praying that your encouragement and that your voice would be louder than the voices around them. Lord, if you have called us to it, would you give us the strength to endure? Would you give us the strength to endure when the the enemy and the people around us ratchet up their criticism or ratchet up their opposition of us. Lord, that we would remain confident in you, that if you have called us to this, then you're gonna enable us to finish. Lord, would you help us to resist the temptation to get even? Would you help us to resist the temptation to take it out of your hands and into our hands, but that we would do like Nehemiah did, the apostle Paul did? We're gonna obey you and then we're gonna leave the consequences to you. We're gonna do what you've called us to do and we're gonna leave the rest in your hands. Lord, it is so hard, it's so hard, but would you help us to live out our life as followers of Jesus? It's in your name that we pray, amen.